We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the Maps Step Back podcast. Let me step back for a minute, tired of the gimmicks, see we just focused on winning. Ball in the airline center, we bout to get litty. Luca carrying a torch, Borden jumped up off the porch. How you reckon with his force? Third season in the game, and he a legend by his fourth. Look, after dirt, now the king of Dallas. Airline serving as the palace. Young team, and it's full of talent. Want revenge, we accept the challenge. Luca carrying a legacy. What it take to be an MVP? Being great, know it cost a fee. Know it really Really ain't that hard to see. Hold on, wait. Silence the critics, cause they never did it. Pass out Jordan, I ain't woke up the city. Map shooting hot like we straight out the chimney. Go back to Batman, I'm calling them Drizzy. Mo triple doubles, I'm waiting on 50. Step back smoother, you know it's so filthy. If I get down on my team, gonna lift me. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back. No, we gotta get back. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back. Like, no, we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. 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 All right, guys, welcome into another episode of Math Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Matt Galatson and Grant Afseth. Uh, you can find all of our written work at DallasBasketball.com. Uh, you can, you know, follow us on here. Obviously, you do if you're <laughs> initially in this room. We might have some other guests uh, trickle in along the way, but... Guys, how's it going today? Matt, talked to you a little bit beforehand, but Grant, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. I was actually on a, uh, a Twitter Spaces not long ago, earlier this morning, talking about the Mavs. So that, uh, uh, you know, always fun to keep it rolling and talking more about the Mavs. Yeah, you were at the uh, you were at the press conference the other day, right? When, uh, you know, they, they introduced Reggie Bullock and... Sterling Brown, Moses Brown, and they had Tim Hardaway Jr. there after he re-signed. But uh, was that your was that your first thing at American Airlines Center for DallasBasketball.com? I can't remember. I know you came uh, during the middle of last season or towards the end, but I can't. I couldn't remember if you actually had made it to games yet or not. Yeah, I actually did a few games. Um, uh, coincidentally, uh, the second game that I did was that huge Kawhi Leonard. Uh, game six performance where he had like 45 points so that was uh 
that was an interesting one to uh, kind of be one of the first to to do for sure. And, you know, with the, the COVID restrictions, it was a little weird. But, uh, you know, definitely I can't complain uh, being able to see that uh, that performance for sure. That was that was one for the ages. Obviously, wish uh, wish the Mavs had avoided going to that game seven, and uh, you know Luca was incredible. Kawhi was just as incredible. It, it was definitely one of those playoff matchups that you know at the time people you know gave it gave gave them their flowers. But I think years down the road, when people look back at that series, they're just going to be like, man, that was that was just an incredible playoff battle between a young and still upcoming Luca and Kawhi Leonard, who is, you know, fully established two time NBA champion, one of the best two way players, if not the best two way player in the league before he got injured. So uh Matt, how are you doing today? I know you're uh you're you're still <laughs> you're still recovering, but how you doing? I'm good, man. Um, you know, just uh just plugging along, plugging along. Uh, college football starts this weekend, so uh, that'll be a, that'll be a hoot. And I'm starting to go to some high school games too for recruiting, and it's just you know, it is what it is. Well, I, I haven't been on a an actual vacation in probably close to two years, and tomorrow at five p.m. I'm gone, and y'all will not see me or hear from me probably until the following Tuesday at the, at the earliest. So <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to finally get some time off and uh, to just relax a little bit. So, all right. So just starting on our actual Mavs topics here, uh, we got to start with the Goran Dragic stuff. We've talked about him a ton this off season. Well, you know, yesterday uh, that picture was posted by Luke on his Instagram story of him and uh, Dragic together uh, working out together, and at the very least, you know, obviously we want Dragic to end up as a Maverick, but at the very least, it's nice to see Luca in the gym working out with him because uh, Dragic is a gym rat. You know, he al- he's always in tip-top shape. Uh, he fit right in with that Miami Heat culture. You know, they're always in really good shape, and they have a good training program down there, and, you know, that's what I was telling myself, you know, even if this doesn't happen or if it doesn't happen uh, in the near future, it's still nice that he's in the gym working with a guy like that and he's still learning from him, even though, you know, he's not officially uh Dallas Maverick yet. I'll be your dream, I'll be your wish, I'll be your fantasy, I'll be your hope, I'll be your love, be everything that you need. Yeah, okay. no, uh, that, that was, uh, <laughs> that was, that picture was everything I needed. Uh, Gor- <clears throat> Goron to the Mavs confirmed. Um, I'm, uh, I'm officially back on the excited train. Uh, I was losing hope for a while. Um, but you know, we are, we are back in control and we are back on Goron watch and I am, uh, ecstatic. It has to happen at this point, man. And I like what our guy, uh, is talk. He does some incredible work for Mavs Moneyball. Uh, you know, he posted the other day you know, as a as a Slovenian. He was just like, "Look, <laughs> we'll we'll give Masai a statue. We'll uh, you know, we'll be forever grateful to the Canadian people <laughs> if they'll just let this happen." Because, I mean, it's obvious that's where Dragic wants to be. Luca wants him. I mean, I I just don't see how they have any leverage at this point. 
Uh, and I, I honestly don't see like where they would get a trade package that would be suitable enough for them to not end up, you know, either trading him to the Mavs or buying him out. Um, and then he signs with the Mavs that way. But Grant, I mean, what do you think about the leverage stuff at this point? It seems like it's pretty lopsided. Yeah, I think honestly, just the fact that he's a 35 uh, year old on a soon like expiring contract um, on a team that just picked fourth in the NBA draft and already has Fred Van Vliet and Malachi Flynn. I just don't really see a whole lot of uh, purpose for for that arrangement that they got going on there. Like, I think uh, it would honestly be beneficial to them to uh, reroute him so Malachi Flynn can continue to uh, uh, develop and. You know, uh, I just I, I just don't think it really makes that much sense uh, just can, for them to uh, continue uh, into the season with the way they've, they've got it going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if they're just waiting. You know, there's a lot of speculation about October 1st, which is the date that Moses Brown can officially be, uh, you know, put in a trade. That's the that's the day he could be retraded. And there's been a lot of speculation around that, you know, maybe something with him and Dwight Powell going to Toronto for for Dragic. But, I mean, like you said, I mean, at this point, I I just don't know. Even if if it's a buyout, the Mavs are going to have to create a roster spot for him now because all of their 15 main roster spots are filled. So, I don't know. I, I would like for it to be just, you know, a trade straight up for Dwight Powell, but the money just doesn't work that way since uh, Dragic is making $19 million. Uh, it'd have to be Dwight Powell paired with uh, somebody else to make the money work that way. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's looking hopeful. I mean, like Matt said, there was a time there where, where it felt like the Mavs were going to, you know, keep dancing around it and end up missing on him. But there hasn't been anything else materialized. I don't think any other teams are going to give up uh, they're they're not going to give up as much as Toronto probably hoped that they would because, like you said, uh, Dragic is, a, is he's a really good player. But the fact is, you know, he does have some injury concerns. He's thirty five years old, and the nineteen million dollars he's making, I just it's, it's going to make it very hard for somebody to, to trade for him. Um, you know, salary matching. So, all right, we got uh, Kevin Gray. Kevin, what's up, man? Kevin, you there? Yeah, you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing great. What you got for us today? The only thing I wanted to say was, for Matt Galatson's sake, I hope Gordon Dragic becomes a Dallas Maverick because I just want to see the grin that comes on his face that won't leave him every time he sees Gordon Dragic in a Mavs uniform. Like, that's all I want for Matt for Christmas, for New Year's, all that for him. That's all I want for him. If it oh, happens, I love that energy. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> if it happens, Matt's going to be able to, you know, just host a podcast completely by himself. It'll be two hours long. <laughs> you know, it, it's gonna it's gonna be one of those things where he's just going to have the whole floor to himself because it's been it's been two years in the making, and I've seen him, <laughs> I've seen him be so depressed on multiple occasions with this Dragic stuff. So I, I really do hope it happens for him too. Every time a piece of Dragic news comes out, I think at one point he quote tweeted me with a, a meme of uh, Spider-Man, you know, coming out the building doing his little dance when he was in his nice little suit, that kind of thing. 
So I just hope for Matt Galatson's sake that Goran Dragic eventually becomes a Maverick. And I just can I imagine Dalton as you work with him every day, you know, or work with him obviously, how insufferable he would be as a uh, as a, a co host <laughs> if he actually became a Dallas Maverick. So you know, hey, that's what we're hoping for. And yeah. Not not just for not just for Matt's sake, but I mean for the Mavs' sake too, because obviously, True. obviously that that top priority this off season was to uh, you know to get a secondary ball handler to take some of the pressure off of Luca, and you know as of September second, they still haven't done that. So <laughs> I mean, that would that would definitely help as well. How much? Uh, I, I, I want to ask you how much would that change your perception of the off season if they were actually able to acquire him based on what they said they wanted to do and then eventually being able to get him how much of that would change your perception of their offseason I don't know I don't know if it would change the perception of the offseason for me overall but I you know I do think it changes the ceiling of the team because as constructed and I've I've said this in our dallasbasketball.com boards and uh, you know, I've written about it a few times in the last couple of weeks, but I really feel like the the Mavs, as currently constructed, can still end up getting home court. You know, given with all the stuff that's going on in the West, you've got some major injuries uh, with uh, with uh, Jamal Murray with the Nuggets, Kawhi Leonard with the Clippers, the Lakers. You know, on paper. The names and everything they've got, they, they look really good, but they, they also have a lot of old players and a lot of guys with injury concerns that could, you know, end up affecting how their uh, how their seating is in the West. So yeah. I think there's a lot of different things that you can look at um, to where you can say, okay, this Mavs team is currently constructed, can can make, make home court. Uh, but, you know, if they do get, Dragic, I think that solidifies that for sure, and you know they can potentially win even more to get into maybe that that top three spot. Now I'm not saying that's going to make them a, a bona fide uh, championship contender or anything like that, but I think the regular season success uh, would be elevated because of that. And then if you get to the postseason and you have Dragic and he stays healthy, then he raises your ceiling there too because we all know. You know, especially at this point in his career, Dragic, he's he's what you call like a a sixteen game player. So you know, when you get to the <laughs> when you get to the playoffs, that's when he shines the brightest. And you know, like we said, he could take pressure off of Luca, and it just all around. I think it would be great. And what our guy, our, our buddy Kirk Henderson over at Mavs Moneyball, he he comes on here with us every now and then too, but. He's even said it too. You know, Goran Dragic is probably one of the only people on the face of this earth who can actually get on to Luca about certain things. You know, uh, barking at refs too much. Uh, you know, staying in the gym. You know, being committed uh, before the season. You know, in the off seasons, making sure he's in great shape year round. You know, stuff like that. That maybe you know your average everyday teammate probably can't. Uh, you know, say to Luca, Goran Dragic can do that. He's his big brother. So I think it would be beneficial on multiple fronts there. So, Grant, what do you think? I absolutely agree. I think there's a lot of benefits to having that, uh, you know, that leadership aspect and that relationship aspect. 
um, in addition to all the, you know, different elements of half-court offense um, that you could uh, involve Luca in more off the ball, um, you know, whether it's off-ball screening actions, having him get an early post-up position against smaller players, um, attacking off the catch at a spot up, uh, anything like that, I think uh, reduces his load of having to initiate so much. And um, that could help, obviously, come playoff time if Dragic is available and staying healthy. And I think uh, just like the performance that Dragic has put together in the playoffs in the past, I think uh, should be another reason uh, to be intrigued by the idea. Like he uh, elevated his game uh, during that heat run. I know he ended up being hurt for the finals, um, but uh, he played a pivotal role uh, throughout that run that, uh, you know, I think uh, isn't as talked about as much when, uh, you know, discussing him as an option. Yeah, and I mean, everybody talks about Jalen Brunson, and I, I do believe that, that Brunson will continue to improve in year four uh, this season. But he just – and it was it was, it was more of a matchup thing because, you know, he's a – I think he's listed as 6'3". I'm not exactly sure if that's actually how tall he is. Uh, I'd have to <laughs> I'd have to go look at it. But all I know is it just seemed like he was just overmatched in the size department against the Clippers. Uh, and, you know, the guy that we saw throughout the regular season who ta- who had taken a really big step and he had been mentioned as a six-man-of-the-year candidate at multiple points, you know, that guy just – he didn't show up in the same way he did in the regular season in that, that, that Clippers series. So I'm wondering if, you know, is that just something that size dictates with him or is that something you think he can get better at, you know, going forward and maybe maybe he can – perform the way he does in the regular season and the postseason going forward? I think, um, honestly, uh, the Clippers are a very tough matchup for someone like uh, Brunson. I think uh, in the playoffs when uh, teams are more aggressive with the switches and, uh, you know, bringing out different strategies, like leaning more on, like, showing and recovering, things of that nature, I think, uh, you know, you have to start digging into your your counters and your your different layers of your game. And I think that may just be something that has to be, uh, you know, continually added uh, as he develops as a player. Because uh, I think a lot of the neutral stuff he does very effectively. Like, he's, he's very efficient getting downhill off ball screens and finishing. And he's pretty crafty in the gaps and all that stuff. But um, when those aren't necessarily viable options in those settings, I think uh, – you know, that, that's probably the next step for sure, as, as you mentioned. I think uh, it'll be interesting to kind of see how that uh, that develops with him um, during the season and the next playoff run. Yeah, I mean, Brunson, if, if he hadn't just, you know, kind of gone into a slump with his free throws towards the end of last season, he was on pace for most of the season to have a 50-40-90 efficiency. Uh, so, I mean, if he can take that next step and he retains that, that efficient uh, those efficient percentages like that, I mean, it's it's really going to be a, a game changer for the Mavs this season. And, I mean, look, if they don't come to an agreement on an extension for Brunson, uh, you know, <laughs> before free agency next year, I don't know what the extension deadline in, is for this upcoming season, but, you know, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent with the way that contract was constructed. Uh, so, I mean, I – I feel like even if you give him, you know, whatever his max is, it's, it's not going to be much. It, it can't be too much for his max, I wouldn't think. I, I'll let Grant dish on that here in just a second. But, I mean, 
I think you have to extend him. You know, even if you're going to eventually trade him later on, I mean, you already know what he can do. I mean, people around the league really like him. Uh, you know, I think even if he's making somewhere around $11, $12 million a year on this next contract extension or whatever it may be, uh, I, I think you have to do that. And then if you're going to trade him later, then you have another asset and he's already locked into a, a longer-term contract. So I'm kind of concerned about that, that we haven't, we haven't gotten that news yet. That, that Brunson has signed a, a contract extension, but uh, I don't know, man, there's still some time. We got about, I think it's about 50 days, a little less than 50 days until the, the season begins. And then it's even sooner than that. It's like less than four weeks until training camp starts. So <laughs> they're running out of time, but that's one thing I'm concerned about. I do hope they work out an extension with him going forward. But All right, we're going to bring up our next speaker here. X, what you doing, man? Uh, just living a dream, but honestly, now I'm depressed. I just went to NBA.com and I kind of sorted all the salaries to see what players would be available for the traded player exception. And there aren't many good ones, honestly, that fit into that exception. So I was just wondering, <laughs> are there any guys you think we should target with that TPE? And then um, secondly, I'm convinced that we're going to be the four seed. Do you guys think I'm being too optimistic? Which is rare. Usually I'm the curmudgeon like Matt. I hate warm chocolate chip cookies and rainbows, but I'm actually an optimist about our, our regular season this year. What do you guys think? Oh, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I'm uh, I'm actually I'm fairly optimistic. I mean, I, I know I've done a lot of complaining this offseason. Um, most of that's due to be, you know, the – the same old story of, you know, the, hey, we're going to chase this, we're going to chase that, um, and they end up with a couple of role players. But those role players are good. Uh, I think Reggie Bullock is going to be a great fit. Um, addition by subtraction with Josh Richardson, obviously. Uh, Sterling Brown is, is a real shooter. So, you know, that's all good stuff. And if they get Dragic, um, you know, that's a whole whole other thing. Um, there's a tweet going back, I'd have to find it, that someone sent out about, um, about Brunson, about when, you know, he had a certain stat line, the Mavs were, like, exponentially better. And I think that's something that, uh, that Dragic could, could definitely bring. And if, if you can add that, uh, that dynamic to the team with Reggie Bullock and with uh, Sterling Brown coming off the bench and the other pieces that they already have there, I, I'm, you know, I, I really do think they can finish a, a top, you know, a top six seed. Um, I'm not too optimistic about home court necessarily, but um, somewhere you know in the in the four to six range probably is, is where I'd have them at right now at least. Yeah, and I mean I'm kind of on the same page with uh, with X. I do, like I mentioned earlier, I do think the team as currently constructed, uh, even before say a, a Goran Dragic acquisition, I, I think that they can finish with home court and that's not saying that they'd be a, a, a bona fide title contender I just think when you have Luca and when you have when you take Josh Richardson away and you you replace that disappointment with Reggie Bullock and you know Sterling Brown who by percentages would have been the Mavs best three-point shooters last season and Reggie Bullock can actually play some defense so uh, I think just by doing that and you take into consideration that the Mavs lost basically three weeks of the season last year to uh, COVID. That really derailed them. They went through that big losing streak. 
And with all things considered, they still ended up as the fifth seed. Now, given it was a three-way tie, they could have just as easily found themselves at uh, at seventh, you know, if the tiebreaker had had gone that way. But, you know, they still ended up as a fifth seed with all that other stuff. I mean, Luca, he's still going to be Luca. Uh, if you get if you get anything more from KP, <laughs> I mean, that, that's going to be a plus. Uh, you got Jalen Brunson, who we just talked about recently. Uh, I, I think he's going to take another step this year. Uh, he needs to work on his his distributing because I mean he can get to the rim, he can shoot, uh, he's efficient, but you know he needs to he needs to get those assist numbers up a little bit. Uh, he's averaging three per game right now. It needs to be more around, you know, five or six if he's going to be, you know, what the what the Mavs need, more of what the Mavs need next to Luca to take some of that burden off of him, you know, doing all the playmaking and, and shot creating. So uh, I really think all that equates to the Mavs being able to have a lot of regular season success. And like I said, I don't think that puts them as a as a title contender or a title favorite. But I think you're going to win a lot of regular season games if you stay healthy and you have Luke on your team. And, I mean, I know Jason Kidd, uh, he has had a uh, – I'm not going to sugarcoat it because, I mean, his previous head coaching <laughs> track record is awful. Uh, so I don't expect, you know, much to change with the offense except maybe I, I could see them running a little bit more under Kidd than they did with Rick, you know, less less play calling, which could be a good thing uh, because Luca, he's he's like a head coach on the court anyway. I think that could benefit the whole team. So uh, that's where I'm at. I, I don't think you're far off there, X. I'm, I'm right there with you. I think they could uh, – I think they could definitely be uh, home court – a home court team this year. And if you get Goran Dragic, then that, that just enhances it further. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Go into your TPE question. Now, obviously, I was hoping that they could work something out uh, for marketing, even though... Ugh. Even though market, I know, I know you don't like marketing, but you know, at the at the TPE price, you know, if it was ten, eleven million dollars a year, uh, I would have definitely done that. That's Dwight Powell money, X. <laughs> uh, you can't tell me you wouldn't rather have Lori Marketing than than Dwight Powell. So, uh, you know, that's what that's what I was hoping for. And like you said, when you look at the the list of players who kind of fit into that that TPE. Uh, there's really not a lot that, that jumps out at you. And Grant, I was going to offer this up and see if it would fit because I haven't looked at his his salary for this year. But would the Mavs be able to use the trade exception and do something with uh, uh, Marvin Bagley if he ends up getting traded? Yeah, his uh, his contract does fit inside that uh, that threshold for sure. I, um, I have a list pulled up of guys uh, that do fit under that, like, roughly $10.9 million threshold. And I'm pretty sure his is at like, I'm going to take a look real quick um, to see where he's at. It's very close. Um, I think it's like, yeah, 11.3 million is what he's set to earn uh, during the season. So yeah, it fits. Can I make one suggestion? What about Alfaro Camino on an expiring? Would y'all take that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, if, if, if that's what, if you're using a trade exception and you're not having to give up much to, you know, to get him in here, I loved Al Farouk Aminu, uh, his first stint in Dallas. I thought it was way shorter than it should have been. I really wanted the Mavs to, you know, at the time it looked like he was really getting overpaid. Uh, but, you know, looking back, I wish the Mavs had, <laughs> had kept him because he really improved his shooting under Rick Carlisle and, uh, he always brought the energy, and I just thought he was a really, really good fit uh, with the Mavs. So I would love that. I would love to have Al Farouk Aminu back. Uh, as Grant said, you know, you could you could make it work with Marvin Bagley. I would lean more towards that if it was possible, even if you have to give up, you know, uh, a couple second-round picks. I, I think that's what it was rumored earlier this offseason, that, you know, that was going to be kind of in the market. Uh, for what you'd have to pay to get Bagley in. So, I mean, if they could work something out like that, I would love it. I do think, you know, with six bigs currently on the roster, there's going to have to be, you know, another move or two there uh, to kind of kind of get that, you know, not as what's, – what's the word I'm trying to say? I'm, you're going to have to get rid of at least two bigs uh, if you're going to make a move like that and then eventually sign – a bought out Goran Dragic. So uh, that, that would be my top choice for the Mavs using their, their TPE if they do use it. And, you know, a lot, a lot of times these trade exceptions don't end up being used, but you know, that, that would be one of the, one of the cooler things because I was a big Bagley guy when he was drafted and I caught a lot of flack from my, <laughs> I was at Mavs Moneyball at the time. I caught a lot of slack, flack 
from those guys um, because I was so high on Bagley. Never said he was better than Luca, but you know, at the time the Mavs were in that uh, fifth spot, and it didn't look like Luca was going to be an op- an option for them. But uh, so I was really big on the on the Bagley train. And then he ended up going second anyway, so it didn't matter. So uh, Matt, what do you think about you know potentially going after Bagley with that trade exception and maybe some draft compensation? I mean, is he going to be on the floor? If it was Rick Carlisle still at the helm, I'd say no. But, you know, uh, we don't know with Jason Kidd yet. You know, I feel like like he's better than the majority of the options the Mavs already have. (laughs) Well, no, I I don't mean from a skill standpoint. I mean from a health standpoint. I mean, I think – I'm concerned about his, his long-term health. I mean, it seems like there's always something going on there. Um, and that's just, you know, I know it's just a little draft compensation in a TPE, so you can kind of just see what happens. But it, it's just it's not something that really necessarily moves the needle for me at the moment, I guess. Well, I know, and like X said, you know, Aminu, that, I re- that's a really interesting option there. I Love Aminu. You know, I, Love I, I didn't even consider that until he, he brought it up, but. Yeah, that, that would be awesome. I'd love to have him back in Dallas. Uh, all right, next speaker, Nick. What's up, man? Hey, man, how's it going? Pretty good. What you got for us? Yeah, just uh, just wanted to bring up a quick question. Uh, I'm curious as your thoughts on what our biggest avenue uh, of improvement will be next year. Um, is, it a, is it a KP resurgence on defense is it a, a Brunson step up is it a, a, a Josh Green solidifying his role as a uh, as a as a young role player in this league um, just curious on what you think about that that's a really good question I have a couple of thoughts on it but uh, Grant let's go with you first I mean if you had to pick one one area where the Mavs or one storyline where you know the Mavs are going to improve this year whether it's just a single player or an aspect of the offense or defense or whatever, what do you think is going to be their biggest improvement this next season? Well, I think um, there's probably two main factors. I would say um, if Porzingis can um, recover some of his, uh, his movement ability, I do think that that raises the floor of the defense because the value of a rim protector being able to clean things up uh, that get into the lane, I think that uh, has a lot of value. Um, it just remains to be seen if that will happen. I do think there's also plenty of value in the fact that you're no longer trying to see if uh, Josh Richardson can uh, hit shots and turn a corner in his impact. I think uh, being able to just embrace Tim Hardaway Jr. more um, just consistently uh, has value, and I think Reggie Bullock being added to the mix uh, will add value as well. But also, I do think um, internal improvement from some of the role players, like the younger players, I think um, is like probably another factor. But I don't know if there's going to be large enough roles for that to necessarily impact as much as the uh, Porzingis uh, element of it or the, uh, the Bullock slash uh, THJ element. Yeah, and for me, there's, there's two things. Like if we're just talking from a, like a singular player uh, type thing, I think we're going to see another big step forward for Jalen Brunson. I think uh, whether he's whether he's extended or not, you know, if he's not extended, then he's officially in a contract year, and you know, guys play tend to play a little bit harder in a contract year than they do 
uh, otherwise. So, I mean, I, either way, though, I, I think he's going to end up taking a step forward. Um, I would like to see him take a, a big step forward in his distributing so he can kind of fill some of that need where we need a, a second a secondary ball handler next to Luca just to help him out a little bit more. So I, I think that's going to be one of the biggest, like, individual improvements for the Mavs. I think everything else, I, I do think Luca will continue to get better. Uh, he can obviously improve his free throw shooting. He can keep chipping away at his uh, three-point shooting, even though that was a major improvement last season. Uh, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr., he's proven that he can be a sharpshooter now. He's shot 40% from three the last two years now. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, he kind of, you know, he is what he is, but uh, he's a very good role player. Uh, he's also shot forty, close to 40% from three the last two seasons. So, I mean, I, I guess another, if I had to give another player, I'd say maybe, maybe Maxi Kleba, you know, because he, he never quite recovered from that patch of the season last year where he was out with COVID. And it, it, he, he really just never was him, himself after that. And then they also had, um, he also had a Achilles situation that he was dealing with too, towards the end of the end of the season and, you know, heading into the, the postseason. So we never really got to see the same defensive side of Kleba that we did before all that happened. So uh, with a long off season and, you know, maybe, maybe he's getting, he'll get back to where he was uh, pre COVID, you know, with his defensive effort there. Now, just from an overall team perspective i think i think the team you're going to see more of the the offensive fireworks that you saw the previous year before they traded uh seth curry for josh richardson because like grant said uh you know you're not having to just hope that josh richardson is going to hit hit these shots now you have reggie bullock and you have uh sterling brown more so bullock because he'll play a bigger role in my opinion but you know you have guys who have shown that they can knock down uh, three-pointers, and especially open three-pointers, corner three-pointers. I think Reggie Bullock, what was it, Grant, 46% he shot from the corners last year, which was, like, top in the league, close to it. Yeah, it's, it varies depending on, like, how they track. Like, Basketball Reference and NBA.com uh, st- stats uh, section has different numbers, but NBA.com had it at 45%, which, uh, yeah, he was definitely one of the best uh, – uh, corner three-point shooters, which is definitely what you want next to Luca for sure. Yeah, and he's he's going to be open a lot uh, in our offense uh, in that corner. He's going to be automatic from there, hopefully. Matt, what do you think uh, as far as just individual improvement or uh, or just overall team improvement? What's a what's an area you think is going to be the most improved for the Mavs next season? I know you've got to run here in a second. Uh, no, definitely, uh, definitely the shooting. Um, I think you guys kind of hit it on the head with Bullock and Sterling Brown and and all that. Um, Josh Richardson was just not it. Uh, I wish we could take that entire trade back, but you know, it is what it is. Um, and I I think that's huge. I mean, there's so many scenarios last season where they just, Luca would set them up perfectly and they couldn't hit the shot. It's just, when you got a guy like Luca, you got to have guys that you can rely on out there. And they didn't really have that last year. And, um, that's, I think, the biggest thing that they did this summer. And, and like I said, I know I wasn't particularly happy about the summer, but I mean, I think both of those guys are really good signings. And um, 
I think especially Bullock is going to make a pretty big difference. Yeah, and it, it was never about the signings. I mean, uh, there was a lot of disappointment with fans, and for good reason, too. I mean, you know, Mark Cuban came out himself, and he set the bar. <laughs> you know, he, he set the bar really high. He said we uh, – his words were, you know, we need a, another – we need a secondary score. Uh, you know, basically saying that they just – they didn't get what they thought they'd get out of KP. And, you know, even though Tim Hardaway Jr. had improved his ball handling, uh, they still needed some help in that area too. So he set the expectations for the offseason. He said what the biggest – what the biggest priority was. So when they went out and they didn't meet those priorities, you know, yes, they did sign a couple of guys that are improvements to the team and, you know, but they didn't help in the area that he himself said was a top priority. So that's what everybody was upset about. Uh, it all starts with expectations. You know, if they had come out and said, you know, we just want to add some more shooting, get back to kind of what we were looking at in the offense the year before last uh, then you know the reaction to it isn't as as bad as what they got when they missed out on Kyle Lowry and then moved quickly moved on to Reggie Bullock. So that that was the main thing there. Uh, all right, next speaker here. This will probably be our last one today. Uh, Mavs lead. How you doing, man? Hey everyone, how's it going? Um, yeah, so I, I do think a lot of people are underestimating the amount of depth we could possibly have. Uh, there's a lot of 50-50 players on this team that you don't know if they're going to pan out or not, like Josh Green and Terry and some other guy, maybe even to an extent Brown, um, Sterling Brown and Moses Brown. So you don't know, but if, if if at least half of those guys hit and actually have some success, we could possibly have a lot more depth than we did last year. We don't have the COVID situation, hopefully. And then you have, you know, a a deep team sort of like the jazz where it's a lot of 10 point per game guys that are just super efficient and know their role real well. Sterling Brown is a great, um, a, a great guy to have on your team as a, as a, you know, depth piece because he shoots over 40% on four attempts a game. And he's a guy that doesn't even, you know, probably doesn't even get 15 minutes, 20 minutes a game, something in that realm. So, uh, I, I like it. Reggie Bullock also likes to shoot in that same spot that Tim Hardaway does on the right uh, wing, um, where he's very Reggie Bullock very efficient there. He's you know forty seven percent from uh, that spot. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of if they can get the chemistry right, like uh, Jason Kidd said. I think there's a, a potential to have a lot of depth on this team, and if if you got depth in Luca in the playoffs, I like our chances. Yeah, and I mean, that's another thing I was thinking earlier, too. The depth, I don't think that's going to be an issue. And, you know, like I said, Luca, the the secondary playmaking stuff, I don't think it matters as much in the regular season as it does in the postseason uh, because, I mean, they're going to win. The fact of the matter is they're going to win a lot of regular season games if health is permitting. So I'm not worried about that. I think they'll be perfectly fine there. I think they'll challenge for home court. Uh, and especially if they end up with Dragic, like I mentioned before. But, you know, the, the secondary playmaking is, is going to be a postseason thing to look at because Luka had, had an, a historic usage rate in the postseason <laughs> this past year, like for a series. I, I, I don't remember the exact number, but I just remember it. You know, it, it was an his, a historic number 
for his usage rate. I mean, he was just worn completely out. And that's because, you know, when, when he steps off the court, everything just fell apart. You know, it's part of the reason why everybody was mad at Rick Carlisle after game three because, you know, they had built that, I think it was a 19-point lead in the first quarter, and he subbed Luka out with about five or six minutes left in the first, and then that's immediately when, you know, the Clippers came storming back and made it close again by the end of that quarter. And then for the rest of that series, Rick Carlisle made the adjustment and Luka played every minute of every first quarter. (laughs) from that game on so I mean I that that's just something they're gonna have to do I mean it whether it's whether it's internal improvement you know with hopefully Brunson being able to distribute a little bit better because he's mostly just a, a scoring guard uh, now he can pass he just doesn't do it often and there's a lot of times where he's missed open guys in the past too so I mean hopefully you get some internal improvement there but I think the biggest thing is probably uh, you get Gordon Dragic, and then if you ha- even if you have to load manage him throughout the regular season, uh, like we mentioned before, you know that's a that's a playoff piece there. That that's you're you're signing him for the playoffs. So I, I think they'll be fine uh, winning a bunch of games in the regular season, and uh, then if they get to the postseason, everybody's healthy, Dragic is healthy, then you know that really raises their their ceiling for the postseason as well. So. Uh, Grant, is there anything you want to add before we take off here? Um, no, I think we, uh, we mostly covered it, but just, uh, just a couple things that we'll have on, uh, dallasbasketball.com soon. I think, uh, I'm, I'm working on a story about how, um, like there's benefit to adding a secondary ball handler and how, uh, Luca can diversify his involvement in the half court offense, as well as an in-depth breakdown on Reggie Bullock and also, like kind of what can go into a uh, bounce back season for uh, Chris Dobbs Porzingis as well. Those are all things that uh, we'll have as uh, training camp approaches that uh, I kind of wanted to plug for sure. Yeah. If you guys haven't read Grant's work uh, at DallasBasketball.com since he joined us, you definitely want to do that. Uh, he's always got some really in-depth stuff going on and you always learn something when you read one of Grant's pieces. So definitely go do that. Uh, be sure to follow us on here if you haven't already. And if you if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, go leave us a review uh, and put your Twitter ad in there for a chance to win a Step Back t-shirt. Uh, we posted earlier today, one of our uh, Slovenian listeners, uh, Luca Batistic, uh, he, and hopefully I said that right, but uh, he sent us a picture <laughs> earlier today of his backyard, and it's just absolutely beautiful. Slovenia is just such a such a great country. Uh, over there such a pretty country over there so if uh if i ever get the chance to go over there and visit i'd love to do it he's he said if we ever get over there grant <laughs> that he would be an incredible host for us so uh we'll see how that goes in the future but guys we appreciate it y'all have a good one Kind of setback, starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back. Like, no, we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute.